Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for checking in on this podcast. We are excited to bring you another inspirational message. If you wish to support this ministry financially, you can do so at www.caris.org so we can continue making these podcasts available free of charge. Prepare your heart to be blessed by this message. Merry Christmas to you and your family from Caris Ministries. God bless you. Because we are in the Christmas season, I just found it necessary to be talking about Christ's coming. Not the second coming of Christ, but the fact the, the incarnation. Why Christ came to die and to save us, or why he came on earth. Last week I spoke about Emmanuel. Somebody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. The, the reason why I usually start my preaching and teaching, usually almost everywhere I go, is my personal custom to do this is my Bible. The reason why I do it is just to encourage Christians to keep using their Bibles. Okay. I know the convenience of the smartphones and the iPads and all that is good. I, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that because you can have your Bible, different, a lot of different versions on it. That's fine. But there's something about the old-fashioned way to have a, a, a Bible, your own Bible you use. It's, you know, when you open it, we see you reading. We know you are not reading emails. <laughs> or pop-ups. And, okay. I, it's a personal commitment and personal philosophy. And I believe it's very good. Amen. That's why you never see me preaching without the Bible. I will always hold the Bible. When you see me holding this, you know what I'm doing. Praise God. John chapter 1, from verse 1, the Bible says that in the beginning, in the beginning, all right, shall we all read it out loud together? Let's go. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word. Not a word. The word. Capital W. The world. In the beginning. Now in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. The Bible makes us to understand that. In the beginning what? God. Someone say God. God. In the beginning, God. God. But we discovered that in John 1, 1, he said in the beginning was the word. He didn't start in John 1, 1, he didn't start with God. He started with the word. In the beginning was the word. Now, in the beginning there, that in the beginning in John chapter 1, verse 1, brothers and sisters, is different from the beginning, the, the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. They are not referring to technically the same beginnings. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created, is talking about in the beginning 
of the universe, of everything, life, in time. In the beginning of time, God created. And so that beginning is referring more to the beginning of time. Whilst in the beginning, the John, first, John chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning there, when he says, in the beginning was the word, he's talking about before time began. You see, in the beginning, that's not, it goes farther than Genesis. So, because he said the word was there, it was with God. It's not something that was about to begin now. So this is creation. So in the beginning, God created. That's talking about action. <laughs> now in the beginning, God created. Now this beginning, begin, creatorial beginning, is different because it says that in the beginning was the word. So it was before He began creating. That's what I mean. So there are kind of two beginnings. That the other one is. Before the beginning began, in eternity beginning, all right. Now, because God has not got beginning, has not got an end, and so if he's going to make reference to the existent, the self-existent one, he's saying that this beginning there was a self-existent one before everything began, before actually God began doing stuff. Do you get it? And so. The, the beginning in, in Genesis is kind of different from the beginning in John. And Bible says that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Now, theologians and philosophers and particularly skeptics have had problems with this. If Pastor Philip is with Pastor David, then it starts to imply that Pastor Philip is not Pastor David. Because you can't be with something you are. Does that make sense? So that's philosophers and theologians and skeptics have struggled with this text. Because it's always posed a major challenge to their intellect. How can you say in the beginning was the word, the word was with somebody and then later he said the word was that somebody. It's, it's kind of similar to when Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6. He says that I am the way. The truth. Think about that. How can someone be the way? And he said if you have seen me, you have seen the father. About eight verses before them. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And yet, he said, I am the way to the Father. So kind of, he, every now and then, looks like he's separated from the Father. And yet, he's still the Father. Or, and yet, he's still God. And so, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the conundrum steps in. And the Word was God. The Word is not, hey, hey, this is good. It's not God the Son. It's God himself. <laughs> Some people didn't get it. you get it later. So the fact that he said the word was with God does not mean the word wasn't God, but the word was God. And so what has ah, what has always been in the beginning found a way to come and be part of what has a beginning, in spite of the fact that he didn't have a beginning. That's what Christmas is about. The beginner became part of the beginnings. The creator became a creature. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. 
And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Can you imagine started using the pronoun him for the word? This is talking about a personality. Most of most people think, oh, religion or oh, Christianity is just another religion and all these things are just ideas. No, it's not. It's your ideas that make you think they, these are ideas. <laughs> oh. Verse, oh, verse 4. I want to just quickly rush through this because of my time. Verse 4 talks about how in him was life and the life was the light of man. What sort of life is he talking about? In him was life. And that life, remember, when we talk about life, when the Greek word translated life in the English is, and there are different Greek words, one of them is bios, which is the normal human life or biologic created life. Okay. So we have the created life, biological life, which is Greek word bios, and we have the uncreated life, which is zoe, the life of God. And the Bible says that in him was life. In him was life. That's what he meant when he said in John chapter 11, verse 45, that I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the life. John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the creator of life, and he gives life to anything living. Bible talks about how in him was life, and the life became the light of man. Verse 5 says that, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness does not comprehend it. Darkness cannot stand it. Darkness here is not just physical absence of physical light or physical darkness, talking about the, um, the power of darkness, evil. So I have a problem when Christians say the devil is chasing me, the devil is beating me. Once you're a Christian, you have an upper hand. I always teach this. When it comes to Spiritual authority. Someone say spiritual authority. Spiritual Or spiritual hierarchy. We have God. Okay. God. And then we have the archangels. Then the angels. All right. Or let me put it this way. Because when we talk about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is a very interesting way, um, phrase. Because it connotes not just God and it connotes not just man. It connotes the fusion, the measure of God and man. So when you say Jesus Christ, when you say Christ Jesus, you are not just talking about um, a human being who lived. You are talking about God. And you are not just talking about God. You are talking about a human being. And guess what? Christ Jesus went up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. So you're talking about a man went to sit on the right hand of God. 
Very, very interesting. That's why I've said this here every now and then, or a few times, in First Timothy chapter 2, yes, I think chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 6. Yeah, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 6. It says that there is one God, only verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between what? God and who? Men. Who? Who? Not the God, the man. He's still there. So there's a man in heaven. He's present with us. Amen. Now, so Bible talks about how Jesus Christ, the man Jesus, he went to heaven to sit there on the right hand of God, and in him is life. I want to jump to verse 14, because that's where I want to um, focus the message on. My time is almost up now. Verse 14. Let's have a look at verse 14. This is very interesting text. Very interesting. John chapter 1, verse 14. All right. Let, let's all read it together. Let's go. Hallelujah. And what became of the word? What happened to the word? That's Christmas. Christmas is the word becoming flesh. What is flesh? Flesh is humanity. So, this is very interesting. This self-existent one, who was before everything began, became flesh. Now, I, 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 didn't, get it, I didn't say this, but let me just mention, throw that in. The word with, the, trans, the word that was translated in the English as with, there are three Greek words that normally are translated with. The first one is the it's like it sounds like sun, S U N. Okay, S U N. Sometimes people can put it S Y N, but sun. That's what we get. We derive the word synonymous from synonym. You know, words like um, synchronize, synonymous. It's or actually um, syn- synagogue. You know, it means that it's like um, when we talk about. Uh, something similar, okay? It's not the same, but it is with, which also is like alongside. That's another Greek word for with, alongside. So um, that's alongside, or they were going together. They are working together, working with each other, alongside. Now, that's not the same with, okay? So we have the sun, we have the meta, and then we have the pros. Pros, which means the pros, which means like face-to-face, very kind of intertwined. And that was the actual word the Bible used, Greek word that was used to say the word was with God. So you can't separate them. It's like they are one. It is with. All right. Now, this word, which was God, became flesh. Now, that's where the problem also arises. Flesh. Anytime you mention flesh, you watch it. In fact, we tell people, don't be in the flesh. Christians tell one, uh, each, uh, each other every now and then that, oh, this, this behavior is flesh. Don't be, which flesh in the New Testament, when you come across the word flesh, one of the things it means, it means a few, a few other things, like um, those of you who eat flesh. Flesh eating. Now, that, chapter one, but what Bible talks about, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, okay? And then, so, um, this, this is my flesh. Talking about 
not skin, but the, the, the physical substance here. And other times when you see the flesh in the New Testament, it represents physical things, created things, physical. So that's why I said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, physical entities. But when it says that it became flesh, another word for flesh is um, self, self outside of God. So you can be a Christian and still be in the flesh. Okay, you're a Christian, but you're not acting like God's word teaches you to act. So by so doing, you are acting in the flesh. Bible talks about to be carnally minded is dead. If you that is in the flesh, all right? Romans talks about sin lives in the flesh. Now watch this. Flesh is always the flesh of sin. Okay? Jesus took on the flesh of sin, but not the sin of the flesh. So when Bible talks about he became flesh, he took on Whatever we were, he, he became us, but without the sin. And Bible says that so that he would, one of the purposes for that is so that he would destroy he who holds the power of death and sin, which is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. The reason why he took on flesh is so that he would destroy he who holds the power of sin. Now, in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, look at Romans chapter 8 verse 3. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Oh. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his, his own son in the... So you see the word, the, the, the word likeness? In the likeness of what? Sinful. Because the flesh is always sinful. That is why the, the flesh could not do the law. So what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, because the flesh is sinful, God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, okay? On the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Are you getting it? He, he condemned, so he took on the flesh of sin, but not the sin of the flesh. He became flesh, said the word became flesh. Do you know why? As I said, so it might destroy the power of the devil in the flesh. And also, what you could not achieve, what you cannot, could not and cannot achieve in your flesh, he comes to achieve it and then passes on the credit to you. So when you appear to God, God said, who is this flesh? He said, everything flesh is supposed to do to please you. It has been done by Jesus and that's the record. It's mine. So that you can, you can come before God without fear and without guilt. Now, in Hebrews, actually, in Hebrews chapter 4, oh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, look at it. That's an interesting text. It talks about how Jesus Christ became like that at every point. For Hebrews chapter 4, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but that's the one, that, the, the key word, but was in, was in all point tempted as we are and yet without sin. Now, so he was without sin so that he can give us the credit to appear before God blameless. So you can't go, if you go to God in your name, you are in trouble. How many of you agree with me? Because you've been messing up too much. From the time you were born, right from the time you were born, you became naughty. Mom says, I won't say, nah, nah. It's in us. It's inherent in us. That's flesh. But Jesus took on flesh. 
but didn't take the sin of the flesh so that he will condemn sin in the flesh. For once, flesh condemns sin. Oh, you didn't get what I said. For once, flesh condemns sin. So that all of us who come into Christ, we have the power to walk sinless and we have the power to appear God before God blameless. Ephesians chapter 1 verse um, 4 talks about that he might present us blameless unto God. God wants you to be blameless. But you are too blameful. (laughs) And so Jesus had had to come and do the job. So that as soon as you end, you go in the name of Jesus. You go in the name of Jesus. God sees you and know that this one is the blameless one. Say, I'm blameless. blameless. Some of you can say it. Say, I'm blameless. blameless. Say with boldness. The devil is a liar. Say, I'm blameless. That is what gives you the audacity to pray. Yeah. Do you know why some people can't pray? Because they think they have sin. Bob's university, they they do. Because the sin problem is a big problem. You can say, I don't believe God exists. But what are you going to do about your sin? I don't have sin. Who told? You know you do. If, in spite of the fact that you have not been imprisoned and the law has not uh, found you guilty or... You, sin, sin is not about the law of the land. Sin is in the heart. And so, everybody will see you look so good and so nice. You go home, you are, because there's sin, sin, you know in your heart that you are not free. Can you imagine somebody telling me that I don't believe there's God and you, you are struggling even to stop smoking? <laughs> Sin is killing you. You are struggling to stop smoking. You, you see, you, can't, you are not in control of your life. Something else is. The alcohol bottle is. Sex is. Pornography is. And you don't like it, but you are not free to stop. Yeah. That's why Jesus came to help. <laughs> Because this flesh is a flesh of sin, but he became flesh so that he can identify with us. He will sit where we sat. So you won't clap for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, in our modern days, if you talk about sin in the church, you really upset people. People are seated in church with big sin under their seats like that. <laughs> Can imagine someone is sitting in church and using iPad to surf internet or some other some bad sites in church. And so you mention this is ah God. People feel uncomfortable about sin because sin is actually see the problem of sin is a big problem. So the easiest way to free yourself is to say I don't even believe there's God. I don't even believe that. I don't even you know there is because it takes only a little bit of intelligence to know. <laughs> That's a strong one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm telling you. It takes only a little bit of intelligence to know there is God. Because you can't disprove the God factor. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how much you try it. It cannot be disproved. Because um, somebody, a philosopher puts it this way. Something can never become nothing. And nothing can ever become something. (laughs) But the point is that something can never become nothing. The thing is, even scientists said matter cannot be destroyed. Sin problem is a real problem. Say, Lord, help me. Help me deal with my sins. 
<laughs> this is a very interesting one, isn't it? Why are you telling her this in church? Because God loves you. All right. Jesus came so that we can approach God in spite of the sin problem, approach God and look blameless and sinless. Because he came to condemn sin in the flesh and give us the credit to go. That's why he took on flesh. He took on flesh so that someone can be free before God from the guilt of the, the sin of the flesh. And so Hebrews chapter 4, as we read earlier on, Bible says that he is the high priest who can sympathize. I like that. I like that. That is our Jesus. All other religions don't really talk about the mercy and the love of God. Jesus is an expression of God's love. He can sympathize with you. And so then that is why even if you are you're struggling with sin and you are in church, my brother, you don't have a problem. God can help you. As long as you want. God is not after your sin. God just loves you so much. He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. I like quoting this scripture. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. Verse 2 talks about how we were dead in our transgression. And then verse 4 it says that by God who is rich in mercy. God who is (laughs) God who is what? Rich in mercy. So don't Tell me I don't feel like being in church. You don't have a problem. God is not angry with you. He just loves you. He wants to help you. <laughs> I'm not preaching. So when I talk about sin, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about sin in the sense that, oh, you, you are rubbish. and you No, no one is rubbish before God. The gospel says that you, God is saying me okay. So what I'm trying to say in effect is that in case you, you feel uncomfortable about sin, just open your heart to Jesus. But I'm already born again. I'm still struggling. Yeah, that's fine. Open your heart to Jesus and let Jesus take over so that he gives you power to overcome. Yeah. Say, I've got power to overcome. I don't see why. Ah, I don't see why Christians say I'm struggling with an addiction. You can if you want to and you allow it to. That's the point I'm making. If you're struggling with an addiction, well, it doesn't make you less of any human being. You are not rubbish. You are not bad. You are, but it's just like you've got money in your account and on your card. There's a lot of money on your card and you are in the city and you are hungry. So I don't know what to do. I don't have anything to eat. And you literally are even fainting because you, can't, you, can't, you don't have food to eat. But why? Just you should buy some food. Do you know what I'm saying? So don't, uh, you have the power to enjoy liberty. Why do you allow the power to slip by and say, I'm in bondage, I'm in bondage. That's what I mean. But if any Christian, if you, any Christian who is struggling with any form of addiction, you, have, you got the power. You can break yourself free. Yes. I said you can break yourself free. Amen. You don't even need special prayers. No. You just need proper faith. I don't know what, what bothers me. I'm so naughty. I just can't humble myself. I've been insulting my wife every time, beating my wife every time, or insulting my husband every time. I'm crying with everybody. I think I need deliverance. No. You don't need this deliverance. Just grow up. Grow up. Be, be determined to, to embrace the liberty in Christ. I see someone walking here free. Amen. Listen, I hear God telling me this. 
You don't need to wait for New Year's Eve to make a New Year's, a New Year's resolution. You don't have to do it now. Do it now. Because that thing is killing you. Do it now. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't wait. Do it now. Because there's a breakthrough that you need before the end of the year. And you're waiting for New Year's resolution. Do it now. There is a, a husband waiting to marry you. There is a wife waiting to marry you. There is a boss waiting to promote you. Yeah. Do the resolution now and stop going to work late. And the promotion will come before next year. <laughs> no, I, I think that's for someone. Someone don't have, you don't, I, I met a gentleman about two years ago. He said, you know, I, this drinking and smoking is too much. It's affecting my health. But I have determined that by the end of the year, <laughs> by the end of the year, I will stop. I was standing with him and he, problem. You can stand with me and smoke. I mean, probably it's legal, not in a building, but religious people say, hey, no, no, you come, just as you are. The guy was smoking, he said, I know my wife is complaining, everybody, I know I have to stop this, but pastor, I've determined, by the end of this year, this year is finishing. Anything you have to do, which you don't do now, you are waiting for another time, chance that you won't be able to do it. Don't postpone decisions that need to set you free. Don't postpone it. Don't say, I'm waiting the new year. And now when we enter the new year, every morning, I'm going to do exercise. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> Brother, start now, okay? <laughs> Shout hallelujah. <laughs> so the world became flesh and dwelt amongst us. A lot of religious sects have always struggled with the fact that now, there, in those times, there are some people called Gnostics. Gnostics, they, they believe that flesh is so evil. Anything human, anything flesh is so evil. That's why flesh cannot even serve God. You must just know some special, have some esoteric, special knowledge in order to go. God, the flesh is so evil. And they have a problem. These skeptics then begin to have a bomb into a problem when they find out that Christ, God, from the beginning, God became flesh. Because they believe God and flesh are incompatible. But Jesus came so that our flesh can have God. Or we can have God. And God can be with us and enjoy a relationship with God. And there's this uh, Docetist. Docetist is another set of guys who had some... Interesting belief. They believe that because the flesh is sinful, you need to punish, punish the body. Punish yourself so bad so that the flesh will suffer. Some people are here, they believe that like you need to really suffer for sins. You don't need to suffer for sins. That's why Jesus came. I said that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. So Christmas is loaded with so much. God became flesh. And God became flesh. And God, shall we all say God became flesh? Say the word became flesh. Verse 14, in conclusion, verse 14, what does it say? John chapter 1 verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt. The Greek word translated dwelt is tabernacle amongst us. And we beheld his glory. 
tabernacle, tabernacle. When we talk about tabernacle, it pitches tent. In those days, in the days of Moses, when they wanted to get to God, they, they had to go into the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a reflection of the presence of God with them. So when the writer of John used that word, isn't it interesting? Last week we were talking about the uh, few genealogies before Jesus was born. In Matthew, Matthew starts with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 3 talks about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. John doesn't talk about the genealogy. He said in the beginning he's always there. He has not had any father, any mother, no genealogy. He's always been. All right. So John, John presents the God side of Jesus to us. Whereas Matthew and Mark, they present the human side of Jesus to us. I think Matthew was presenting the Hebrew, the Jewish side of Jesus, and then Luke was presenting the human, human. And so Matthew traces Jesus' genealogy to Abraham. Abraham, Jews trace their beginning to Abraham, whilst Luke traces Jesus' genealogy to Adam. Adam, so then we are all men. We are all human beings born in Adam. That is what, but this particular the, the, the chapter is loaded with the divinity of God amongst men. God himself becoming man. That's what it is about. You see, so it talks about how God took on the flesh and tabernacled amongst us. He became flesh. Now, the tabernacle has got three, three parts. We have the, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. The holy of holies, no one can go there. The outer court so the inner courts can do sacrifices by the priest and all that. And then the, the outer courts, that's where everybody kind of can approach depending on who you are. Now, so the, when we talk about he tabernacle, he became the presence of God amongst us. Watch this. I'll, I'll be ending on this. He became the presence of God amongst us. And then he said, interestingly, in the verse 41, the verse 41 of John chapter 1, look at verse 41. I want to show you something. Verse 41 and verse 52. It talks about, um, he first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Watch this. John chapter 1 starts with life and John chapter 1 ends with a building. Starts with the life that was before everything began and ends with the fact that a structure, God's interest is to have a house. Look at the verse 52. So when he saw Peter, Peter, Jesus told Peter that, go to verse 52, that's where I want. And he brought him to Jesus, and now Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas, that's Peter, which is translated a stone. You, it takes stones to, for building, okay? Christians, Bible says in the book, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, that we are lively stones, Christians. You also, as living stones, are being built into what? Think about it. Sometimes, sometimes we read the Bible. How can you say is stone a living thing? Stone. Is stone a living thing? Stone doesn't have life. But I said we are stones with life. And what's God using us for? To build his house. <laughs> to build what? A spiritual house. Say I'm a stone. <laughs> a spiritual stone of God. Hallelujah. I'm a stone. He said, you also, as living stones, stones that have life, I am a living stone. I am a living stone. I'm alive, but I'm a living stone. No lifeless, living stone. That's why Ephesians talks about building a house, or the building of God's house. And so watch this. John chapter 1 is a very interesting chapter. It starts with, in the beginning, it was the word. The word was God, and it was life. And the, uh, uh, the word, the, in him is life. And then he ends with the fact that we are 
stones and being built into a house. Look at verse 51. The last verse there, verse 51, talks about what does it say in this one? He said, he said, most assuredly that truly, truly I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, that's what Jesus said. It's referring to Genesis chapter 28. When Jacob was asleep and he saw heaven open and angels was, uh, were ascending and descending. Genesis chapter 28 from verse 11, particularly verse 14, 15, 16. And then when he woke up from his sleep, he said, God was here. And I didn't know. And do you know what he did? Bible said he took oil. He took a stone. Say a stone. He took a stone and placed it there and took oil and poured the oil. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. And poured the oil on the stone to establish the house of God. <laughs> Some of you are not getting where I'm going, but you get it. He took a stone. We are living stones. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we then become the house of God. That's why Jesus came. So that you and I can be living stones. For the building of his house. For the building of his body. For the building of his body. For that is why he says that ye are the house of God. He said, ye are the body of, of Christ. And we are all individual members. The reason why he took on flesh. And he took on flesh so that, watch this, he, he became the tabernacle of God amongst men. So then, that, that means that God has taken his place in our midst. God has taken his place in your marriage. God has taken his place in your business. Hey! Christmas means that your business has hope. Hey! Christmas means that your family has hope. Christmas means that you will not die broke. Christmas means that there is hope for your future. Why? Because God has come down and has tabernacled amongst us. The presence of God is with you. The presence of God is with you. The presence of God is with you. And you are a living stone. Living stone. I know. I like the way Paul puts it. Oh, he said, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that whatever I've committed to him, he's able. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He's able. He's able. You are not without hope, my brother. Cheer up! Don't be afraid. Because there's hope for your future. Tell someone, don't be afraid. Some of us are worried. Pastor Charles, some of us are worried. The year is about to come to an end. And they are are thinking. They are thinking. So, I don't have anything to show for you. You have Jesus to show. That's right. You are worried. Listen, 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 listen. Some of us are very worried. The devil loves it, no? He loves it for you to be worried. Because it's affecting your hair and your skin. It, worry will affect your productivity. Stress is not good for you. You're not, meant, you're not meant for stress. You're not meant to carry troubles. Human beings were not created like that. Like some of us have saloon cars. And then you go and pack, go to b and buy cement and lots of things and pack into it. No, that car was not meant for carrying loads of cement. Or stones and bricks and stuff like that. In the same way, you are not meant to carry problems. 
But the devil loves it when you own your problems. Because then it can help him break you down. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Remember his life? I came that you might have life. But the devil comes to steal. I am here to announce to somebody that Jesus, Christmas, God has taken his place in our midst. God has taken his residence in our midst. Make use of God. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of his presence. And don't be afraid. Your future is okay. Your future will be that of peace. Your future will be that of peace. I don't care what the politicians are saying. I don't care what the climate is like. I don't care what the, 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 the statistics are showing. I know one thing. That Jesus with us. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Someone who believes. Hallelujah. Christ in me. The hope of glory. There's hope for your future. Please, I beg you. I'm ending. I beg you. Pick up yourself. Stop sorrowing. Pick up yourself. Don't tell me, Pastor, I've seen too many things. Sin is not a problem. It's your ability to hold on to God and look up to God is the problem. Because God has taken care of the sin problem. So when you come, as soon as you come, it's like, it's a clock. Hey, my cross. (laughs) Let me show you. Thank you. I want to show you something. When you are coming to God, ah, I didn't get a chance to read that scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He said, therefore, Therefore, therefore what? Because of what he has done for us. Because Hebrews 4, 14 says we have a high priest. Say, I have a high priest. priest. Uh, Why am I quoting this? Some people, I don't want you to be in church and feel guilty. Don't stay in guilt. It will kill you. Guilt will affect your faith. Bible says that um, um, evil conscience, it will affect your faith. Because the most important thing is to have unfeigned love, pure love. Out of a good conscience and sincere faith. So if your conscience is seared, it will affect your ability to receive from God. Yes. That's why I'm not here to tell you because you are struggling with this and this and that. God has got a problem with you. I'm not saying that that thing is good. But what I'm saying is that God still loves you. And if you can put it aside and embrace what Jesus has done, he sees you. So it's no more you. He sees Jesus. Because Jesus has taken on flesh. He took on your flesh. I said he took on your flesh. I said he took on your flesh. Say he took on my flesh. Say he took on my flesh. Say to come my flesh so that you can hey, have Jesus in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Then let us therefore come boldly. How should we come? How should we come? How should we come? You can come boldly if you, are, you feel guilty. You can come boldly if you feel bad. You have to put aside what you feel and let the blood of Jesus. He took on flesh so that you can come boldly. of God here. I feel the power of God here. Therefore, because of Christmas, therefore, let us come. He didn't say let us go. Come. No. I, I, you don't need a saint. You don't need a prophet. He said you yourself, let us come only. Shout hallelujah. Therefore, let us come boldly yes. to the throne of grace. Shall grace. Shall grace. Grace. Shall grace. Grace. 
to the throne. Hey, listen to this. Ima, Iga, Alu, Iba. That's, it's a throne of grace. What does it mean? When you go, what you get is grace. Because it's a throne of grace. When you see someone in a perfume shop, what else would you be the person be looking for? Why do you think the person is looking for uh, video games? No. So he said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. He said, throne of grace. Why? So that you may obtain why do you need mercy? Mercy is only due for people who are guilty. People who are guilty, you are, you are fault. You have broken the law. He said, come boldly before the throne. Come boldly. Can you imagine someone who has broken the law? Police, you are wanted. You are wanted. The police is looking for you. And I said, come boldly to the police station. You know, you are going, you know you can come back out. But here, he said, come boldly. As soon as you hit the, 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 his presence, you obtain mercy. Listen, let me say this. It's not somebody's praying for you that will make you get access to God. Get it, listen to me. Stop giving, abdicating that responsibility and giving it to some pastor or some prophet. They can't help you. Why, why do you leave it for a prophet? Why do you leave it to a pastor or a bishop? He himself, you know what he's struggling with, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. He said, come. That you, so if you need mercy, go yourself. Come yourself. Come yourself. But don't come in your own flesh. Come in, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is why he took on flesh. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. I told somebody shouting, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. Hey, hallelujah. Hey. The devil doesn't like it. But I can't do anything about it. If I were you, I feel like jumping. I feel like dancing. I feel like rolling on the floor. Because I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.